The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, September 12, 2022, Monday of the 24th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle two. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And today is the optional memorial of the most holy name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This feast began in Spain in 1513. In 1671, it was extended to all of Spain and the Kingdom of Naples. Now in 1683, John Sobieski, the King of Poland, brought an army to the outskirts of Vienna to stop the advance of Muslim armies. After Sobieska entrusted himself to the Blessed Virgin Mary, he and his soldiers thoroughly defeated the Muslims. Pope Innocent XI extended this feast to the entire church. Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Most holy and adorable Trinity, one God in three persons, I firmly believe that you are here present. I adore you with the most profound humility. I praise you and give you thanks with all my heart for the favors you have bestowed on me. Your goodness has brought me safely to the beginning of this day. Behold, O Lord, I offer you my whole being, and in particular all my thoughts, words, and actions, together with such crosses and contradictions as I may meet with in the course of this day. Give them, O Lord, your blessing. May your divine love animate them. May they tend to the greater honor and glory of your sovereign majesty. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that the death penalty, which attacks the dignity of the human person, may be legally abolished in every country. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. St. Paul had an important role in overseeing the churches during his time, and he was a bishop, so he would get all sorts of news about the way the early Christians were behaving. Some were truly heroic in their charity and in their defense of the faith. Some were martyred, and he would have heard all kinds of stories about their great courage, their great charity, and their apostolic zeal. But then he also heard about things that were not so edifying. And one area was how early Christians behaved in the liturgical assemblies. There were a variety of people and different social levels among Christians. They all believed in the same thing, but, well, Paul saw that there were some tensions. So he mentions this in his first letter to the Corinthians, and we get an excerpt of that in today's first reading. Paul confronts liturgical abuse of the Lord's Supper. You see, the Corinthians must have gathered to eat a common meal before celebrating the Eucharist. Although this preliminary meal 
was meant to promote fellowship, it became actually a source of tension and disunity between the rich and the poor Christians that then extended itself into the liturgy. How do we understand this? Well, since early Christian gatherings took place in private homes and not in public churches or public buildings, seating arrangements could always reinforce the distinction of social rank among believers. With the wealthy eating together and the poor excluded from their company. In fact, in this letter, he says that some would practically starve and others would just have way too much to drink and even, even get drunk. It was pretty awkward. And also, the meal itself could accentuate the divisions. If the rich brought healthy portions of food for themselves, and then they would end up just leaving whatever the poor could scrounge up. Imagine the wealthy bringing their nice beef bourguignon or smoked salmon with a nice bottle of Chardonnay, and then the poor would just be left with a bit of burnt toast with marmaladers, and maybe tepid water or something. So St. Paul says that famous phrase, What can I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this matter, I do not praise you. The famous Latin Vulgate summarizes this in that curt phrase, in hoc non laudo. In this I do not praise you. But Paul does not dwell on these awkward social moments. In fact, he moves on. And he goes on to describe the Eucharistic narrative of the Last Supper and writes down exactly what he did receive. And his words are valuable to us because they reflect the early Christian liturgy of the Eucharist. And the Church, of course, still maintains this today in the liturgy of the Mass. So Paul helps us to savor that precious and sacred moment of the Lord with his disciples, with his apostles, in which he was entrusting them with a divine gift, a legacy that they would have to hold on to, preserve, and pass on with reverence and love. So when we go to Mass, that sacred moment of the Last Supper is evoked in the words of the consecration. The gestures are similar, the words are directly from you, Jesus, and they're brought back to life. They bring you right here among us, Lord. You are alive. The priest is actually acting in the person of Christ himself. He's acting in persona Christi, as we say. And we have there a living memorial of the Last Supper, but also of the love that was present and which finds its fullest expression in Jesus' death on the cross. Now, we often say that the Mass is this unbloody renewal of the sacrifice of the cross. And yes, it is that. It is unbloody. But still, the blood and the body of the risen Christ is there. Just like when you see a living person in front of you, you see his body, but what we don't see is the blood cursing through his veins. It's there, but it's not like spilling out like onto the cross. To course is to run, cursing through their veins. Now, the most familiar use of this meaning of the word is race course, like a place where races 
or run like horse races. Now, when the blood runs strongly through your veins, it courses through them. Metaphorically, we speak about strong emotions like fear and acceleration and, and passion as coursing through our veins, and they make our, our heart beat faster. Now, some people mistakenly substitute coursing for cursing, and they think that these feelings are cursing through their veins. No, no, cursing is bad. That's when you're angry and you use curse words. No, that's not what we want. Instead of cursing, we should stick to coursing through your veins. I, I hope the distinction is, I mean, it's very slight, but I, yeah, I think you know the difference. Now, St. Josemaria used to use this eloquent expression too. He'd say, I can see Christ's blood cursing through your veins. In fact, there's even a whole book written about the theological implications about this very short aspiration of his. And this phrase, I see the blood of Christ cursing through your veins, well, that summarizes his understanding of the Christian vocation in the midst of the world. It's a call that God directs to each one of us to act as another Christ among our fellow men. I mean, imagine if we really saw the image of Christ in all those people that we encounter. We wouldn't just see a person with a certain social status, maybe wealthy or has a good job, or perhaps we see the poor or we see a disheveled looking person. We might instinctively judge them and maybe even judge them disdainfully. Paul really wanted Christians not to make too many social distinctions and to see above all the love of God in this person in front of me, to see the blood of Christ cursing through their veins means that we see all their dignity as God sees them. We'd see the blood that we can't see with mere human eyes. Perhaps if we went to Mass with greater focus and more attention, with more faith, seeing the living body and blood of Christ on that altar, which is not simply a, a symbol or a token souvenir like an old postcard, we, well, we would suddenly also see Christ mysteriously present in all those around us. And it would engage us to greater refinement, greater respect, greater understanding. It would be a real vision of magnanimity. You know, here in Canada, we are quite a multi-ethnic society, as other societies are as well. And we have people from all over the place. And it, to me, it's always touching when I go to celebrate Mass in a large parish, and then I come to the moment of giving out communion, so I descend down and people line up, and I reach down to the ciborium, and I pick up the host and I say, body of Christ. And every person I say this to seems different. Because I look at the body of Christ and then I look at the face. It kind of looks like this. I say, body of Christ. And I see an elegant Filipino lady. Amen. Body of Christ. Another Filipino lady, but a little bit shorter. Amen. Body of Christ. A, a white man in a blue suit. Amen. Body of Christ. A black man, maybe from Nigeria. Amen. Body of Christ, a lady from, looks like India. Amen. Body of Christ, a young boy, pretty recent since he's done his first communion. Amen. Body of Christ, ah, here's his older sister. Amen. Body of Christ, a white guy that looks like he might be the high school gym teacher. Amen. Body of Christ, a man in dreadlocks. Amen. Body of Christ, ah, another Filipino lady. Amen. Body of Christ, a disheveled looking man carrying plastic bags. Amen. And so it goes on and on. Body of Christ, a young lady with snippets of blue hair. Amen. 
It's really very touching to see such universality. It's like the United Nations. Not everyone, of course, is easily categorized, but the blood of Christ does course through their veins. Lord, help me to see that. Give me the faith to just look for it. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. 15 past the hour on Daybreak. It's Monday of the 24th week in Ordinary Time, September 12, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin our day of prayer now with the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is the King of glory, the Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war? Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. 
come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart? How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart? How good God is to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. Yet my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was filled with envy of the proud when I saw how the wicked prosper. For them there are no pains, their bodies are sound and sleek. They have no share in men's sorrows, they are not stricken like others. So they wear their pride like a necklace, they clothe themselves with violence, their hearts overflow with malice, their minds seethe with plots. They scoff, they speak with malice, from on high they plan oppression. 
They have set their mouths in the heavens, and their tongues dictate to the earth. So the people turn to follow them and drink in all their words. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High take any notice? Look at them, such are the wicked, but untroubled. They grow in wealth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. Their Their laughter will will turn turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. How useless to keep my heart pure and wash my hands in innocence when I was stricken all day long, suffered punishment day after day. Then I said, If I should speak like that, I should abandon the faith of your people. I strove to fathom this problem too hard for my mind to understand until I pierced the mysteries of God and understood what becomes of the wicked. How slippery the paths on which you set them. You make them slide to destruction. How suddenly they come to their ruin, wiped out, destroyed by terrors. Like a dream one wakes from, O Lord, when you wake You dismiss them as phantoms. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Their Their laughter will will turn turn to weeping, their their merriment to grief. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. And so when my heart grew embittered, and when I was cut to the quick, I was stupid and did not understand, no better than a beast in your sight. Yet I was always in your presence. You were holding me by my right hand. You will guide me by your counsel And so you will lead me to glory. What else have I in heaven but you? Apart from you, I want nothing on earth. My body and my heart faint for joy. God is my possession forever. All those who abandon you shall perish. You will destroy all those who are faithless. To be near God is my happiness. I have made the Lord God my refuge. I will tell of all your works at the gates of the city of Zion. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. It is good to be with you, Father. In you is fullness of life for your faithful people. In you, all hope resides. May you lead us to everlasting happiness. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. To savor your words is my delight, O Lord. Honey itself is not sweeter 
From the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The Lord spoke to me and said, As for you, son of man, obey me when I speak to you. Be not rebellious like this house of rebellion, but open your mouth and eat what I shall give you. It was then I saw a hand stretched out to me, in which was written a scroll which he unrolled before me. It was covered with writing front and back, and written on it was, Lamentation and Wailing and Woe. He said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll, then go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Son of man, he then said to me, Feed your belly and feed your scummed stomach with this scroll I am giving you. I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. He said, Son of man, go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. Not to a people with difficult speech and barbarous language am I sending you, nor to the many peoples with difficult speech and barbarous language, whose words you cannot understand. If I were to send you to these, they would listen to you, but the house of Israel will refuse to listen to you, since they will not listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is stubborn of brow and obstinate in heart. But I will make your face as hard as theirs, and your brow as stubborn as theirs, like diamond, harder than flint. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Son of man, he said to me, take into your heart all my words that I speak to you. Hear them well. Now go to the exiles, to your countrymen, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they heed or resist. Thus the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, you shall warn them for me. If I say to the wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not warm him or speak out to dissuade him from his wicked conduct so that he may live, that wicked man shall die for his sin, but I will hold you responsible for his death. If, on the other hand, if you have warned the wicked man, yet he has not turned away from his evil nor from his wicked conduct, then he shall die for his sin, but you shall save your life. If a virtuous man turns away from virtue and does wrong, when I place a stumbling block before him, he shall die. He shall die for his sin, and his virtuous deed shall not be remembered. But I will hold you responsible for his death if you do not warn him. When, on the other hand, you have warned a virtuous man not to sin, and he has, in fact, not sinned, he shall surely live because of the warning, and you shall save your own life. The Word of the Lord. I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. 
Listen to what I say to you, and speak to them in my name. Neither be afraid of them, nor rebellious like them. I will make your face as hard as theirs, and your forehead as stubborn and as obstinate. Neither be afraid of them, nor rebellious like them. A reading from a sermon on pastors by St. Augustine, Bishop. Let us consider the unflattering words of God, which Scripture addresses to shepherds who feed themselves and not the sheep. You consume their milk and cover yourselves with their wool. You kill the fatlings, but my sheep you do not pasture. You have failed to strengthen what was weak, to heal what was sick, and to bind up what was injured. You did not call back what went astray, nor seek out what was lost. What was strong you have destroyed." and my sheep have been scattered because there is no shepherd. This is spoken to the shepherds who feed themselves and not the sheep. It speaks of their concern and their neglect. What is their concern? You consume their milk and cover yourselves with their wool. And so the apostle asks, Who plants a vineyard and does not eat from its fruit? Who pastures a flock and does not drink from the milk of the flock? Thus we learn that the milk of the flock is whatever temporal support and sustenance God's people give to those who are placed over them. It is of this that the Apostle is speaking in the passage just quoted. Although he chose to support himself by the labor of his own hands and not ask for milk from the sheep, the Apostle did say that he had the right to receive the milk, for the Lord had established that they who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Paul also says that others of his fellow Apostles made use of this right, a right granted them, and not unlawfully usurped. But Paul went further by not taking what was rightfully his. He forgave the debt, whereas the others did not demand what was not due them. Therefore Paul went further. Perhaps his action was foreshadowed by the good Samaritan, who, when he brought the sick man to the inn, said, If you spend any more, I will repay you on my way back. What more can I say concerning those shepherds who do not need the milk of the flock? They are more merciful, or rather they carry out a more abundant ministry of mercy. They are able to do so, and they do it. Let them receive praise, but do not condemn the others. The apostle himself did not seek what was given. However, he wanted the sheep to be fruitful, not sterile, and unable to give milk. I myself shall pasture my sheep, and I myself shall give them rest, says the Lord God. And I shall look for the lost sheep and bring back the stray. I shall strengthen the weak and protect the healthy and strong. I shall look for the lost sheep and bring back the stray. Almighty God, our Creator and our Guide, may we serve you with all our heart and know your forgiveness in our lives. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, we'll check out today's gospel next, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, September 12, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, 
The Lord marvels at the great faith of a Roman centurion. From the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke. After Jesus had ended all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a slave who was dear to him, who was sick and at the point of death. When he heard of Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his slave. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him earnestly. He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. But say the word and let my servant be healed. For I am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, and turned and said to the multitude that followed him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave well. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. So what is faith? Well, you could probably find hundreds of different definitions, but a really good one comes from St. Augustine. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. What an incredible compliment. How much our Lord must have been delighted for him to utter these words. Let us meditate today on the quality of our own faith asking Jesus to grant us the grace for it to increase day by day. St. Augustine gave this definition of faith, Deo credere, Deum credere, in Deum credere. Deo credere means to believe that what God says is true. Thus we also believe a man, whereas we do not believe in a man. Deum credere means to believe that he is God. In Deum Credere means believingly to love, believingly to go to him, believingly to cling to him and be joined to his members. Progress in faith is to believe in these three aspects. To believe in God, we need to have a serious desire for doctrinal formation. How is our effort to understand God and his revelation going? How is our interest in our spiritual reading? How is our attendance and participation in means of formation, such as retreats? Our longing to know God better is also manifested in our loyalty to revealed truth as proclaimed by the Church. To believe in God, we have to grow in our personal friendship with Him. We have to deal with God on a daily basis in loving prayer. We should meet Him in daily Mass. We should find Him in our successes and our failures. Believing in God leads us to see Him close up in our daily life. 
To believe God himself is the crowning of the other two aspects. This is the love which brings with it the true faith. Lord, I believe in you and I love you. I speak with you like a friend, not a stranger. It is impossible to get to know you and not end up loving you. He that loves you knows that he has to struggle to identify with your will. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fifteen minutes before the hour, we join the whole church in prayer now as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. O Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to the next. Before the mountains were born, or the earth or the world brought forth, you are God without beginning or end. You turn men back to dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep men away like a dream, like grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers, by evening it withers and fades. So we are destroyed in your anger. Struck with terror in your fury, our guilt lies open before you, our secrets in the light of your face. All our days pass away in your anger. Our life is over like a sigh. Our span is seventy years or eighty for those who are strong. And most of these are emptiness and pain. They pass swiftly, and we are gone. Who understands the power of your anger and fears the strength of your fury? Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Lord, relent. Is your anger forever? Show pity to your servant. 
In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exalt and rejoice all our days. Give us joy to balance our affliction for the years when we knew misfortune. Show forth your work to your servants. Let your glory shine on their children. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. Give success to the work of our hands. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as was, it was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, send your mercy and your truth to rescue us from the snares of the devil, and, happy to be known as companions of your Son, we will praise you among the peoples and proclaim you to the nations. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Let the sea and what fills it resound, the coastlands and those who dwell in them. Let the steppe and its cities cry out, the villages where Kedar dwells. Let the inhabitants of Sila exalt and shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and utter his praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes forth like a hero. Like a warrior, he stirs up his ardor. He shouts out his battle cry. Against his enemies, he shows his might. I have looked away and kept silence. I have said nothing, holding myself in. But now I cry out as a woman in labor, gasping and panting. I will lay waste mountains and hills. All their herbage I will dry up. I will turn the rivers into marshes, and the marshes I will dry up. I will lead the blind on their journey by paths unknown. I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and make crooked ways straight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. From From the the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing a psalm to his name, for he is loving. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself and Israel for his own possession. For I know the Lord is great, that our Lord is high above all gods. The Lord does whatever he wills in heaven, on earth, 
in the seas. He summons clouds from the ends of the earth, makes lightning produce the rain. From his treasuries he sends forth the wind. The firstborn of the Egyptians he smote, of man and beast alike. Signs and wonders he worked in the midst of your land, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. Nations in their greatness he struck, and kings in their splendor he slew. Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, the king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. He let Israel inherit their land. On his people, their land he bestowed. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Where two or three gather in your name, Lord, you promise to be with them and share their fellowship. Look down upon your family gathered here in your name and graciously pour out your blessing upon us. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. A reading from the book of Judith. We should be grateful to the Lord our God for putting us to the test as he did our forefathers. Recall how he dealt with Abraham and how he tried Isaac and all that happened to Jacob in Syrian Mesopotamia while he was tending the flocks of Laban, his mother's brother. Not for vengeance did the Lord put them in the crucible to try their hearts, nor has he done so with us. It is by way of admonition that he chastises those who are close to him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing a new song to the Lord. Give him the praise that is due. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Blessed be the Lord. For he has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from, from the, the hands, hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. 
in the tender compassion of our God, that the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Because Christ hears and saves those who hope in him, let us pray. We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. We We praise praise you, Lord. We hope in you. We thank you because you are rich in mercy. And for the abundant love with which you have loved us. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. With the Father, you are always at work in the world. Make all things new through the power of your Holy Spirit. We We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. Open our eyes and the eyes of our brothers. To see your wonders this day. We We praise you, Lord. We we hope in you. You call us today to your service. Make us stewards of your many gifts. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God our Creator, you gave us the earth to cultivate and the sun to serve our needs. Help us to spend this day for your glory and our neighbor's good. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. John and Glenn with Morning Air in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. You go out now, make it a great day and a great week, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.